You're listening to the Cleveland Comedy Network. My name's Steve Guy, the host of Happy Hour with Steve Guy, where I get to sit down and interview people who are from Cleveland originally or doing very cool things in Cleveland. It's all part of the Cleveland Comedy Network, just like the show you're about to listen to. To keep up to date with all the podcasts coming to the network, go to clevelandcomedyfestival.com slash the network. Hey, welcome to Tencent Beer Life. Hey, welcome back to Ten Cent Beer Life. I'm your host Kyle, as always, with my man Brian. What's up, dude? That was a good hey. I like that hey. That was a solid. I, one. It was much better. I was I was kind of under the weather last week. I apologize to everybody. I have a new lease on life. Uh, we won't go into it. If, if you have questions, hit me up off off <laughs> off this or ask me. But uh, last week was a little rough for me. But I'm back. I'm full of energy. Ready to talk about dicks and sports. <laughs> How was your week, dude? How was what? How was your week? My week? What's, what's I new? mean, not a whole bunch. It just worked and, and watched the NBA playoffs, the Indians. Um, I went nuts on Prime Days. <laughs> Amazon Prime Days rolled around, and I just opened the bank account up, just wrote them a blank check, and said, I'm going to take everything that you got. And uh, Did I, I I spent a bunch. Did you get your uh, beautiful fiance something, or is she just mad at you? I did. No, I I got her a whole bunch. I we, so I mean with, with her, she like she's got a lot of physical aches and pains with the the health problems that she's got. So I I bought like a bunch of shit to try and help with that. I got her like these compression knee braces. I got her these uh, like mittens that you put in the microwave or in the freezer for arthritis pain in your hands. We, I bought one of those uh, massage guns. The uh, what are they called? Per, not percussion. Is it percussion massagers? The ones that like the Theraguns that just shoot out the little ball at you real fast. You ever seen those? Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I got one of those. I got a new office chair. Bought a, a video game. I a whole bunch of shit. Well, excellent. Yes, I'm the type of person that I will stare at stuff that I want. Until I suppress it enough to be like, I don't need this. I buy I nothing ever. Wish I had that in me because, like, I'll at first be like, I'll say no, no. You are a grown up. You have grown up things to spend your money on, and then like thirty seconds later, it's like, but that deal, like, you're never gonna get it at that price again. That you're gonna beat yourself up, and then I just fucking buy it like a moron. Yeah, I've looked at a pair of Iverson. I've wanted a pair of the answers. For probably the better part of a decade, and I just stare at them. They're in all of my sponsored ads on all like <laughs> every time I get on there, it's like Iverson shoes, and I just like no, I refuse to buy these. Anything uh, over like eighty dollars, I won't spend money on. Really? <laughs> like for shoes, like I think eighty is like you're getting a good quality shoe at eighty dollars. Like I would love to spend my money on tennis shoes, uh, but I just I, I can't bring myself to it. For eighty dollars, I can get a hell of a pair of shoes. I can't bring myself to give a single shit about shoes. I don't care. And I I think a a good amount of that for me is going to be the fact that ever since I was pretty young, those shoes didn't fit me. Like, Nike doesn't give a fuck about me, so I don't give a fuck about Nike because I need wide sizes. Hell yeah, me too, dude. I got Fred Flintstone feet. I, I got sized up by by New Balance, who like, of course, I would not prefer to buy New Balances if I had my options. 
but like my Fred Flintstone feet, they're you know twelve two E's, and I was having to buy fourteens and Nikes and Adidas, and then my feet are just swimming around those creases that like if you buy nice shoes, you got to not get the crease that comes with like you know running or having that toe box totally empty when you're stepping. So like, I just it was never worth it to me to to buy those shoes in sizes two sizes too big. New Balance cares about me. New Balance gives me them two E's, baby. You're going to be a dad someday. You know, they're getting you. They they know their target audience is dudes with light feet who don't give a fuck. My ugliest shoes are my most expensive shoes. I, I did try and buy like a pair that I could like walk distance in because it's caused me knee and hip pain, like having the flat feet. It's caused me a bunch of knee problems. And uh, I dropped like 160 on these New Balances and they are hideous. <laughs> and then I do have another pair of like the ones. Those foam ones that are actually really good looking. I got a pair of those too. So I got, I got a pair of New Balances that are presentable, but another pair that's like, you look fucking ridiculous, and I'm okay with that. No, they're getting the job done. Where do you even wear those at? Like, because I imagine you're not wearing them. You're not wearing them to when you're doing hilarities. You're not wearing these oh, orthopedic no. clogs. No, I've I I've actually I'm at a point in in my oldness where like all of my shoes that aren't for working out or for. And actually, you know what? Even my dress shoes, I, they are all slip on. <laughs> They're all like I, I my dress shoes. I've, I bought these things. They're like these rubber band things that kind of look like shoelaces in the middle. But you like loop them in and then they're always there and they look like like shoelaces. But you don't have to tie them. There's no they, they just keep it on your foot. And I've got that for my dress shoes. And then my show shoes are all like this Under Armour. Uh, like slip on, they call it a, a a slide. Like it's it's almost like a sandal with a back to it. It's great. Oh, so you're you're just you're done tying shoes completely. Done tying shoes unless it's for working out, and then that's where I wear the ugly shoes or like Cedar Point, like that. If I'm walking around for twelve hours, like those hundred and sixty dollar New Balances that have like crazy arch support, as opposed to going to like the you know foot doctor and getting these molds made and spending four hundred dollars on arch supports. I just went and bought those, and they they do me pretty well. I could walk around Cedar Point for a full day. The chafing's a different story. I got to rub deodorant or antiperspirant on my thighs to help with that. That's a good fat oh, yeah. man trick. That's that is the ultimate. It's much better oh, yeah, than gold bond. Sure. Just lather yeah, yourself de- with a stick of, of antiperspirant. Yeah, the deodorant, the deodorant in the the crevices is uh, it's a must. Yes, it's a must. Get it all over your the bottom of your butt cheeks and the inside of your thighs. And go walking for hours. And then I wear compression shorts, too. That's what keeps it. Because a couple times I went to Cedar Point, I just had I had that fire going on like six hours in. And then I had to tough it out because I was with my family. And nobody else was going to leave because my fat thighs were running, rubbing together and sweating. So I <laughs> by the end, I was walking like a cowboy at the end of the day out to the car with my legs not touching each other, all bow-legged and wide. <laughs> oh, I know I know that all too well. Like Let me ask you something yeah. as a heavier boy, as as a husky boy. Have you ever not fit into a roller coaster? I don't even go to Cedar Point anymore, dude. <laughs> 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 it's fucking embarrassing. And it's like you clipped it in and I'm like they're like, no no no. I can still go to Disney, it's just Cedar Point for the most part. I've thought about like getting fucking, you know if if I obviously I'm not knocking this weight off, uh you know, I might give it an attaboy, but like one of the things that I was like, I'm motivated to lose weight for is to ride roller coasters again. Like, dude, I would, I would 
get the staple or whatever I need to do, like just to go on the fucking top thrill dragster one more time. Like that was the first it. time I tried to ride the top thrill dragster. Was the first roller coaster I didn't fit into. I was so amped when I the first time I tried to ride the top thrill dragster, and I got there and like I just couldn't get the 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 buckle to the the belt to buckle. And like I'm like asking like, hey, do you guys have like an extender? And they look at me like, no, just please get off. <laughs> I was yeah. so pissed. I Squire's got a bit about it, so I haven't really been able to talk about it like on stage or anything. But like that's the worst. They spent millions and millions of dollars in R and D to develop this roller coaster, and nobody could fathom somebody as fat as myself could ride it. Well, I don't, I don't know. Cause you go to Disney, no problems, dude. Anywhere? You can ride every every ride at Disney. I've never had a problem being a fat ass at Disney. Like they. They welcome us. Once I got under 270, I don't have any problems. There are no rides at this point that I can't ride. I'm, I'm sitting, and again, I've, I've gained like eight pounds, which I tried to, like I went to the gym a couple times this past week. I'm getting back into weights again, or at least trying to. But like I gained the eight pounds. I'm up to 258 right now. Um, but like if I stay under 270, I can ride just about any roller coaster. Damn, that's tight, dude. I, I got some work to do. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't even go. Like, I, it's not even worth my time to like. I don't know. Like, I'd have to lose substantial weight to that go sucks. to go to fucking yeah, whatever. My wife is a Disney fanatic, so like, I get my my amusement park in once every year. It just sucks because it's an hour a million and dollars. And it's, well, the, the, she budgets and she she's good. She's brilliant. If you ever want to go to Disney and you want to do it on a fucking budget, like, talk to me. I can. I can show you the I can show you the world. Okay, um, I, I will talk to you about that at some point because I'd love to go back. I I do love Disney stuff, and I haven't been to Disney World since I was ten. See, I could give a fuck less about it. <laughs> to, to be completely honest, like <laughs> I didn't grow up watching like Beauty and the Beast because I was just I was a, a, a boy. I was like, that's not for me. I'm a tough. I'm a tough boy. I'm playing with sticks and fighting Thundercats. Like if. For me, if you were into Disney, you were a pussy. And even at six, seven years old, I was calling you a pussy for it. So wow, I look at never you! Got, I never got into it. I'm tough, dude. I'm a, I'm a tough guy. You yeah, know, I'm a tough guy. I'm a big boy. I'm a tough yeah. boy. Yeah. So <laughs> Disney, I never got into any of it, outside of like fucking Thundercats. And then I was just like, I saw Pulp Fiction as a child, and then <laughs> I just like, I'm done. Like now, I watch adult things and sports. I so. was, I was pretty heavily. Regular like the stuff that we we were allowed to watch. Like I, I was allowed to watch PG thirteen when I was maybe eight or nine, but Not like bad. no R rated movies, unless I like went to my one buddy's house who just his parents didn't care about anything. See, that was us. I was like, oh, you were the kid where other kids hard, would come I'm... to your house and then they get yelled at by their parents for watching. Terminator two was the one that I I caught hell for when I was like eight, and that's not even that bad. I I don't know how I saw all the stuff, but I like. Die Hard was like my favorite movie growing up. That started. That became my favorite movie when I was like thirteen. That was my my aim screen name. Die Hard one three one five. Oh, mine was mine was big underscore cow k o w four twenty. I had no idea what the four twenty means. People still call me <laughs> big cow four big cow four twenty uh, from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> It was tight, dude. I was like, this 420 thing, everybody's right in. Like, I'm, I'm for it. And I was like, oh, it's smoking weed? No, not, no, no. I'm not smoking weed. Yeah, I can't imagine that flu out in Lima. What are you talking about? Lima's, Lima's a cesspool, man. It's God's country. 
That's. Oh no, Lima Lima's like the same. It's like the same makeup makeup as Akron. Well, Lima how Akron, well, how is it so red then? Like Lima again when we were trying to get the 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 shot. Like Lima was open at all times, and it was like, oh, okay, Lima's just a bunch of Trumpers that don't believe in this. Because their suburbs aren't liberal, and like the inner city doesn't vote. Okay, fair enough. And it, pretty much, like, if you go into the city center, like, if you're in Cleveland, the people in here aren't getting the shot either. It's more the suburbs, the Lakewoods, the Tremonts, but like, you're you're Newburgh Heights, where I'm at, dude. These people, they're patriots, dude. They're they're not trusting that. Like I, I've gotten fault with like family members like you won't get the shot but you're smoking cigarettes <laughs> like you you know what's in that it gives you cancer but you're worried about this shot it's just it, there's no logic i guess i don't know <laughs> yeah I mean, that, like, that's certainly a solid point you are we are 100 percent positive the cigarettes are gonna at the very least bring you close to death yeah so what are you worried about like you the shot isn't you know it's gonna be done so whatever i don't know it's done. It's over with. COVID's dead. We did I, it. I went and got coffee this morning with uh, a buddy, and uh, they're like, there's a sign on this door that says, masks preferred. <laughs> and I'm like, or, or, this is super trendy little, you know, corner coffee shop. And I'm just like, I thought we, can we just move past this? If Like, everybody here is vaccinated, I'm sure. Like, why are we still pushing this? And if you go to a restaurant, people are still wearing masks. I spent a lot of time downtown. I went to hilarities uh this weekend uh everybody's wearing masks still and i'm like what what i don't understand why like i imagine every person who works in a restaurant isn't like an anti you know vaxxer so i mean i don't understand why everybody's wearing masks still it to me it's 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 all about optics i i've that's the conclusion at least i've come to because i'm still very confused about it I think it's just 100 percent people don't want to they want to make others who have um, kind of crazy anxiety about the whole thing. They want to make them feel more comfortable, and other people just don't want to come off as a Republican. Everybody, they wear it like their their gang colors, and it's it, it's been nuts to me that throughout this entire thing, something that's escaped everybody is the fact that the mask protects others from you. Every, it's not that the mask protects you; it does very little to do that. It protects others from you. So with all of this, like, oh, everybody that's that's vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. But you, if you haven't gotten it, then you have to wear a mask. It's like, well, those are the people that need protected, are the people that haven't gotten the shot. So the people that have gotten the shot, if we're doing this to actually protect people, it should be people that have gotten the shot wear it, and then everybody else not. But then you'd create all sorts of animosity. So let's just do away with the masks and let the uh, morons get what they want. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't want to get political, but dude, apparently like the original like inauguration day is uh, July 8th. I found this out like apparently apparently Trump's supposed to be thrown in office July like 6th or 8th. He's coming back, dude. Oh, he's coming so back. Oh, OK. Yeah. Gee, yeah baby. It's July 8th. Yeah, dude. It's uh, can't wait. It's, it's not something that has to do with the number 17. No, I have no idea what that theory is. Really? You didn't know what that was? No. Uh, no. it, that 17th letter of the alphabet is Q. So the QAnon people are like obsessed with the number 17 and looking for things that have to do with the number 17 everywhere as to clues. Because 
uh, conspiracy theorists think that the people that are committing conspiracies are just as obsessed with numerology as they are and just scattering hints and clues and breadcrumbs throughout anything and everything they do and that everybody of importance has done that throughout the history of time and that our world is one big fucking treasure hunt. <laughs> like, it's insane to me. But yes. Yeah, we just need Nicolas Cage on this and we can just crack the code, man. I, I'm fairly certain that this every all of this that came about is just still the Da Vinci Code coming into pop culture and creating insane just Illuminati New World Order overlord type of theories. I'm I'm sure they I know they've been around for forever, but they, they really hit the mainstream with the fucking Da Vinci code. Yeah. I mean it's been entertaining, I suppose. I don't know if it's good for us, but it's been entertaining. It was super so. entertaining until they voted that guy in office and then, Yeah, right. And then stormed the Capitol and did all sorts of awful things. Yeah. Until <laughs> so it became real life. Yeah, it was I don't know. Anyway, sports. Sports sports. Sports, Bill yelled at me last week because he's like, sports. I'm like, you're right, Bill. You're right. We're talking <laughs> sports. Um, where are we at? Oh, da, 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 da. NBA playoffs. Um, 3-1 Suns are leading, dude. 3-1, dude. would have thought? Well, I mean, no Kawhi. Like, I, I was really hoping that Kawhi would, would come back in this series so that they would be competitive. But, like, that Clippers team without Kawhi Leonard is – like Paul George is good, but he's definitely a tier three, maybe two superstar. Like he's he's an all star. He's had way too many chances at clutch free throws that he has fucked up in this series to be really considered. Like, I mean, he's played really, really well and he stepped up a bunch, but like, there's been some times where it's like, damn, Paul George, you gotta you gotta finish this. Yeah, it's just. The Suns, it, it almost reminds me of that dynamic of, like, the super team versus, you know, like, the regular team. Like, the, the Suns have some really good players, but it's more of, like, a team game. It's like that one-and-done college player versus, like, the senior-laid team. Like, sometimes that super team's going to win. Sometimes you're going to get it on teamwork. And it's it's kind of like a nice contrast, frankly. Like, people that hate it, they hate the NBA or the one-and-done rule. It's just, like, embrace what it is. This is the era that we're in. It'll change down the road again, and... Um, will we'll it? See. How will it? Like, I don't understand how it will change now. I think that they've changed it for forever, and I'm not a fan of it. Uh, like, well, I don't, I mean, but like, it, everything always, you know, molds and, you know, changes. So I don't know what necessarily is. Maybe somebody will have the theory of, like, let's get a, a starting five of seven foot dudes and just be like, stop us that way. And then just, you know, I mean, who knows how it's going to go? Because, like, these seven footers are handling the rock now. So. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't know the way it'll go, but eventually there'll be some kind of shift. Um, there's going to be some like sort of shift, but I, I think that there's been such a, a big change that like the entire dynamic has changed because players now have far more equity. Players now are worth so much money and there's the collective bargaining agreements. There's more power on the player side uh, than ever before. So this super team and these guys having so much more say over where they play. I think that's, what's changed the game. And that, the, I don't think these guys are ever going to just, you know, go, Oh, you know, intrinsically, this is not a value to me to go and join other superstars so that I can win because, uh, and let, 
that there's a giant shift in in what people consider great, which is championships. It's almost strictly championships at this point. Unless that changes, I don't see these guys going, oh, you know, I don't care what my legacy ends up being. I want the integrity of staying with one fan base and, uh, you know, winning it on my own. I I don't think that that's – I just don't see that changing. I think that this is permanent. It's going to be super teams from now on, and then occasionally you get the plucky underdogs like the fucking – Suns are, you know, even the, the Golden State Warriors were built through the draft until Kevin Durant joined them. Um, so I think occasionally you're just going to have a team that hits it on the nose with with the doing it the old fashioned way. But you're always going to have superstars joining one another, and it's it's a real asshole thing for, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but I mean, it again. I guess my point is, is like it doesn't always work out. Look sure. at the teams left. Like you have the Clippers; they're down three-one. Outside of that, it's the Suns. Who, yeah, they brought in Chris Paul, but it's not his team. I mean, he's. I think he got those dudes humming a little bit this year, but and I think he's been probably very important. But like the emergence of like Devin Booker um, as a superstar, like a bona fide, like they're calling him the next Kobe, which is uh, pump the brakes a little bit. He's yeah, but he's it's looks. A lot. You know, that's, you know, let's, let's, you know, see how it goes out for multiple years. But I mean, the dude's kind of been the truth. And then you got Milwaukee, who's been pretty much just kind of like a, a draft, like built around Giannis team. And then Atlanta, who's another draft, like we got Trey Young, we hit him in the draft. Like none of these teams have won a title in our lifetime. Like, so it's super cool to see, like, it's, it's going to be an NBA finals. Like, it's not like your typical powerhouse NBA teams and it's been that way our entire lives but as far as the powerhouse teams though I think that the the injuries have played more of a role than just the emergence of these new teams I think that the Lakers if it wasn't for how many miles they put on on their guys through the bubble last year making it all the way and then having that shortened offseason or whatever um, you know, the, the LeBron talked incessantly about how little rest that they got and how little time they had to recover. And, you know, he looked like he was showing, I, I mean, he's old, but he certainly showed signs of slowing down big time. And then Anthony Davis was hurt and they just weren't the same. And then, you know, Kyrie getting hurt, James Harden getting hurt. Um, that stopped the super team on that side. Kawhi Leonard's hurt right now, which stopped the super team on that side. Um, throughout this whole whole time it looks like a lot of these teams are just you know getting their asses beat because they're not at full strength well i mean that happens i mean maybe a little more than years past but that you know health is always an issue i mean if you go back and you look i was born in 1984 if you go back and look at the nba you had you had pat riley winning titles in the la and in miami you had phil jackson winning titles in chicago and you know LA uh who else who else won titles Greg Popovich that's 3 that's pretty much i i would say i don't know off the top of my head but that's 75% of the titles and all those teams were kind of you know conglomerates whether they were built with drafts or not of like hall of famers um yeah so i i don't know you know it's not it's not as new as everybody thinks it's just you know the Bulls drafted Scottie Pippen, and they got lucky to get that second Hall of Famer. Who they, is they a wild dude? Robin. Like Scottie Pippen <gasps> spouts off. Yeah, we don't even talk, we've never really talked about Scottie Pippen. And his wife is getting, a, you know, railed by all sorts of famous people. Like he, his life unfamous, is insane. His wife is like fucking like seventh guy, like a seventh dude off the bench 
from Minnesota at one point. Like, that, what was his name? Malik Beasley. He, like, left his fiance and his kid for Larsa Pippen, and then she was like, no, I'm done with you. Fuck and me. then what was it? Was it is it Future that made that song? Yeah, Future fucked her and made a I song I just fucked your it. bitch in some Gucci flip flops. <laughs> <laughs> and then Scotty Pippen's out here talking shit to Kevin Durant, and he's like, yeah. dude, he's like, you're mad because you they let a better shooter take a shot in a playoff game 25 years ago. Because Pippen came out and said something like, it was racist that they let Tony Kukoc take that shot. Yeah. Or some shit. And so, like, Kevin Durant, who's another f- fucking piece of shit. Dude, like, yeah. Flaky dude. But, like, Pippen has just been all over the place. And he's just, like, he's knocked him for toughness when it's like, dude, you, you did you did miss some time <laughs> that Michael Jordan really still holds a grudge on you for, like, for, you know, taking some time off. Like, Pippen decided to get that surgery midseason to pretty much take the summer off. And K- KD called him on that. Um, yeah. Which is like, yeah. <laughs> he's not he wrong. was just talking, talking shit to Charles Barkley, too. I don't remember what he said about Charles Barkley, but Pippen was talking shit to Charles Barkley recently, too. He's just bowing off at everybody's fucking his chick. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know, Scott. <laughs> you know, I don't know, dude. He's you might want to most- just lay low, dude. Most famous sidekick in NBA history, too. It's not even like... I mean, yeah, he's considered to be one of the 50 greatest of all time, but he he is the most famous Robin of all time in the NBA. Yeah, nope, nobody respects Robin. No, I mean, he probably should get a little more respect for for being a player than, than he did, but um, he's Robin. At the end of the day, he's very much Robin. Have they ever made a movie, a Marvel movie or DC? I don't even know what... DC's Batman... Have they yeah. ever made a movie called Robin? Is not there a like Robin a live movie? action? No, I mean, like Lord knows what they do. Like with comic books, they go in all sorts of different directions, and guys get their own series. I think Robin had some sort of other spinoff character that he ended up becoming that people seem to like a lot better. That's apparently pretty badass, and they've got like the cartoons, like they're like you know cartoons for adults and i think he's got some cool ones there from what i've heard but not like a live action movie no uh he he's just what's his name chris uh the hell was that guy's name the one that was like huge in the 90s played robin chris evans keeps coming to mind but that's not it helmsworth no no this this was the 90s let's see chris something robin batman all right. I don't know. Uh, Chris O'Donnell. Oh, okay. Chris he was O'Donnell. in um, Sin of a Woman, wasn't he? Yeah. I've never actually seen Sin of a Woman. I, I know the hoo oh, thing, dude. but I've never seen it. I watched Million Dollar Baby today for the first time. I've never seen that. That movie's a real buzzkill. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Uh, I took a girl on a date. Uh, we went and saw Million Dollar Baby in college, and we uh, we didn't really go anywhere after that Mm-mm. no that that movie it, it brings down the mood a little bit i love clint eastwood movies but that one do you remember clint eastwood singing at the end of gran torino <laughs> no i don't i don't remember i've seen the movie i don't remember that part oh god it's at the very end it's like as the credits play that he sings this song in his raspy old clint eastwood voice and it's like jesus christ are we just gonna indulge this guy that much i know he's one of the best ever but damn I'll have to uh, I'll have to rewatch that and check that out. Sin of a Woman, on the other hand, check it out, dude. It's one of my 
one of my favorite movies of all yeah, time. Yeah, I give it a shot. Sure. One point, dude. It's just it's a it's a good story. It's, it's a good story. Sweet. So Al Pacino's Al Pacino's greatest performance, in my opinion. Really, that's that's saying a lot. Well, I mean, what 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 has he been in? What you think? Any given Sunday. Like is that like what that was good? Say? I wouldn't call that his best. I personally, no. I always liked Dog Day Afternoon. It's really hard to beat. Yeah, Scarface even, which I think is an overrated movie. But he was me too. Just a maniac in it. Um, always good in Sin of a Woman, dude. I'm telling you. It's All right, I'll give great. it a shot. Yeah, it's it's a long one. It's a long one. It's Sarah would enjoy it. It's a, it's a film for everyone. Donnie Brasco, I think, might be his his favorite performance of mine. That and Dog Day Afternoon. Those are good ones. Donnie Brasco's oh. a damn good movie. Hell yeah. Um, so we just went all over the place. We're Al Pacino. We were like Pippin, <laughs> Gucci flip-flops. Um, uh, yeah, on the other side, you got fun. Milwaukee and, and Atlanta, and Atlanta somehow is... They're hanging in there. Atlanta makes no sense to me why they're so competitive. It's crazy. The time of recording that series is one to one. Um, dude, Trey Young is what it is, dude. Trey Young is that good? Is... I, I did like I did not realize. That. I did not think he would be, and maybe that's just because I really hate his face. I hate his face. I don't like looking I mean, at it. It bothers me. <laughs> it's one of the, just one he of those played... faces, like Step Brothers. I just want to put one of those right here. Just he plays a right great there. villain. I mean, he's just sneaky. He's good. He's a hell of a basketball player. Uh, he he's fitting into the role of like hated basketball player, really nice, which makes me like him more. Without having a, you know, I don't have a dog in the fight. So I'm uh, I'm still sticking in my I want Milwaukee because and Milwaukee railroaded them game two, um, but a small market. Mil- Milwaukee's very much like a Cleveland. And so I'm definitely going to root for that. Yeah, they're they're like fatter, just bad skin, fucking people. You know, fucking Wisconsin, Great Lakes beef region, and cheese and beer. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's basically the same region. It's like everything around the Great Lakes. We're all the same. Yeah, I except really... fucking Pittsburgh. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Pittsburgh. It's a beautiful city. It's a good looking city, and we. We steal their sandwich recipes and try and make them our own. I things that there, there are Pittsburgh things that I wish that we would phase out that are like, like very much waving any sort of towel. I I hate that like they'll they'll pass out rally towels at basketball games and and baseball games. Bothers me. Don't wave towels. That's not us. Uh, also, yeah. overstuffed sandwiches is one hundred percent a Pittsburgh thing. Yeah, so you're you're not a panini person. You're not one of those people going paninis. Loved it until I had a permani sandwich, which is like the same thing. It, it I'm not going to call it better. It's the same. It's just the same shit. It's a very much a, a blatant ripoff. Well, I had permanis, and I said, "What is your signature sandwich?" I went. There's one in Youngstown. They've they've crossed the border, and frankly, I fucking hate that. There's this is Ohio, <laughs> but you know Youngstown's garbage. Um, it is. They they had it, and I said, what's your sandwich? And it was an overstuffed sandwich, a panini or a permani brother sandwich. But their signature is a hamburger in it. But it's not like a hamburger like you made a patty. It's like a chopped steak like your grandma would eat at a diner. And it was fucking gross. And I was like, fuck these people. Paninis <laughs> is better. 
It's not. We do I, I've been to Permanis and I had their corned beef. I I had I, I had two sandwiches. I had corned beef and pastrami. It's the same thing. It's, it's vinegary, uh, coleslaw, plain French fries, and some meat on thick Italian bread. It's the same damn thing. And you know it. It's it. It was so. It was just like all my friends were so excited about it when we were in like high school and. Um, I thought that it was like a Cleveland original. I was excited about it. And then like I learned at Permani Brothers in college. I was like, oh, fuck you guys. No, I'm done. I guess what I'm saying is they promote this hamburger overstuffed sandwich. And we, we're promoting corned beef and pastrami. That is better. But, yeah, it is the same thing. You're right. I'm not going to argue this. With I you. wish Giant Eagle argument. wasn't a Pittsburgh company because I love Giant Eagle. <laughs> That's one thing Hines, I can't let dude. go of. Um, you gotta go hide and oh god, just, you pay the extra money. It's or, way, or, way too much extra money. I go Aldi's. Aldi's is my shit. It's been my shit. Now it's trendy, so it's acceptable. But we were poor. I grew up on Aldi's. Um, I'll buy their meat now. It used to be like go to Aldi's except for meat, and now it's like you can even get their meat. There. Well, I'm all about Costco now. Ah, that's Costco. quite that's quite the hike for me. I'm that Costco central, life is, it's worth it. I, I buy shoes from there, actually. I got a pair, a brand new pair of tennis shoes sitting on the table for 30 From Costco? Pumas. There yeah, you go. dude, Pumas. Yeah, dude, I'll wear them to work. Every four months, I'll buy a new one, 30 bucks. I'm 120 in for the year, but I'm wearing them every day. I'm beating them up. So, See, I can, anyway. I've can. i largely gotten away from Giant Eagle as far as the grocery store, but like Get-Go, those Get-Go kitchens, that shit's good. Their, sa- their, their bread sandwich isn't bad. I had a, a pre-made sub from there, and I was like, this is surprisingly Dude, great bread. Go up to that fucking computer touchscreen thing and order one of them sandwiches. They got some real, there's some stuff with fat people in mind. They've got like a buffalo chicken sandwich with buffalo chicken tenders, and then they spread buffalo chicken dip on the bread too. So you got that. They Fuck. got a chicken parmesan sandwich with, with mozzarella sticks in it. I've had Philly cheesesteaks with jalapeno poppers in it. It's some fat shit, and it's phenomenal. What are you doing? Like, you can't even eat bread. You're just like, fuck it. I can't take it anymore. Yeah, I'm, I am looking back fondly on memories and yearning for them. <laughs> like, I can't eat them now. There, I, When I go there now, I'll get, like, you, you know, a salad. Like, you can customize salads and shit. And I'd love to just switch to sheets, but that's another fucking Pittsburgh thing. Oh, so you're just saying fuck them in general. Like, we, I won't let Heinz ketchup in my house. I have to because family. It's ketchup is sugary, and as a diabetic, like I need a low sugar ketchup, and like they're like the only ones that make it at a reasonable price. Hunts, if Hunts does a, a low sugar ketchup, they got me. I'll do it all day. We need to write him a letter. We need to write him a letter. Like we, <laughs> we do not want to support these Nazis in Pittsburgh. Please, <laughs> can you put out an affordable low? Low sugar based ketchup. Fuck key, yeah, PNC Bank. I'm all, I'm key all day. Oh man, I I can't I can't speak of banks. We're third, <laughs> we're third party. <laughs> is key based in Cleveland? Or are they like? Is there there? I'm fairly because I know third. I don't think they are. Third federal is. I think third federal is the only Cleveland. Bank. Am I an idiot? I mean, key's big here. They got the big building, you know. But yeah. They have the biggest. No, it's Cleveland. As far as banks. headquarters, is Cleveland. Uh huh. Good to know. Good to know. Yep. Um, Base so, here. Uh, we'll we'll talk. We'll finish up the basketball. Uh, Cavs. Fucking dude, magic in the lottery again. Dude, insane. I I I thought we all the magic was gone, but number three, and this is this is a good draft. But 
They're talking about trading the pick. Like they, they, there's a lot of talk about them wanting to trade the pick. Well, I think you got to put that out there that you're willing and just to see what what'll come because you got Colin Sexton, you got you got a uh, fucking Darius Garland, and then you know what are you doing with this pick? It comes to three. You got uh, uh, basically two guards and then a seven footer that you're probably going to have a chance at. I think it's um, that uh, that kid from the G League. The is it Jalen Green? Jalen Green, and then Jalen Suggs is that kid who hit that monster shot for yeah. Gonzaga. Like I wouldn't hate him, but I mean it's just like where does he fit in? And then there's Evan Mobley. They're saying that he'll probably go too. He's he's a nice player. I've watched a few games because I, I just I, I, Saturday morning ESPN did one of those fucking uh, puff pieces on him. I caught it before the tournament started. So USC was on. I was watching those. There's two brothers, Mobley. The Mobley brothers were USC. He's nice, but he's not like going to step out and like drain a bunch of threes. And I think if you're going to draft a seven footer, third overall, like. He needs to be able to shoot outside. I think. Yeah, a must in the NBA. And there like, was, he'd be great down low. But the other one is the uh, was it the kid from Oklahoma State? Yeah, he'll go number one. Like there's, yeah, the Pistons, the Pistons. You know, the Pistons are talking about. You know, they might possibly listen to offers. I I wonder if you package, if you go, we'll give you Colin Sexton and the third overall pick if they take that, and if you can move up to number one to take this Cade Cunningham kid if you think he's the truth. I wouldn't be upset about that because there's this what do you do with Colin Sexton debate. I don't know the answer, but, you know, if you guys think, you know, this Cade Cunningham kid's supposed to be the real deal, he seemed pretty good. Who is his, like, professional comparison, do you think? Oh, what are they going to say? I don't know. There's, you know, you hear that and you just, like, cringe a little bit. Like, so Evan Mobley, his his professional, I haven't even looked at Cunningham because it's just not a reality. But yeah, um, Mobley was kind of like a Chris Bosh style player. Like he'll be able to guard somebody outside, but he's not going to be lighting it up from downtown either. Sure. So I mean, as far as like our 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 five for next year, like you've got it set in Garland. I guess you got it set in Sexton, Jared Allen, and Okoro. So you just need, was, yeah, second team All NBA rookie team. So I mean, Okoro had a decent year, especially down the stretch. So I mean, we I can't mean that's say that nice, sucks. but it's not like it sounds better than it is because it's not like more than ten people in a rookie class really shine typically. Yeah, and like his numbers weren't great. It was just he was the one of the top ten rookies. Yeah, so there's that. I don't think he's They're, ever supposed to be a guy that really carries a team. He's supposed to be a, a defensive player that needed a lot of work on his shot. High character guy. Sure, but, you need those. I mean, but the you know they said last year's draft sucks. So that's that's when you take a guy like that. It's like you want to take a guy that the the the, the ceiling might not be where he wants, but the the floor is yeah is high. So they're saying Cade Cunningham. Um, NBADraft.net, which I've looked at for years, like even before like smartphones. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Tatum, Luka, Luka Doncic. So oh, damn. that's um, High got Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley, they're, they're comping him. Now, granted, these are all like fluff. Uh, Paul Gasol, Chris Bosh, those, those are two Hall of Famers. Um, and the three spot, I mean, you can get a Hall of Fame guy. Yeah. Know, I don't know. You know, it's not. Uh, this Jalen Green, Eddie Jones, who was a pretty good player. He was a, probably a four-time All-Star. 
I don't know that for sure. And then, um, you know, Jalen Suggs, uh, Jason Kidd, DeAndre Fox, which Jason Kidd is a top 10 point guard all time. But, you know, you can't really, you know, these comparisons, they're trying to get you to click on them and stuff. But. I like them. Uh, I like Jason Kidd, the Mavericks as a head coach. If Carlisle, you know, he stepped down. Yeah, if he can stay sober, dude, great pickup. Yeah. Jason Kidd's if, kind of a piece of shit that nobody talks about. He just gets drunk and beats his wife. It's yeah. kind of a piece of shit. Remember when so. Jason Williams, like, murdered his butler or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember his MTV Cribs? No, I don't. I don't know how you do, but... I do. Oh, fine. I loved MTV Cribs. Dude, you're autistic. I, I, I'm convinced, like, you're on the spectrum <laughs> I Oh, I know I'm on the spectrum somewhere. I've never been... I've never talked to a doctor about it, but, yeah, I'm sure I'm somewhere in there. Um, he, I wish I was. I'm just dumb. <laughs> like, you have a superpower. You hone it well. It is the most useless superpower. Nothing is ever actually uh, useful, and it's never brought about at useful times, really. We talk to this podcast. We're trying to get through this hour, and we're going to talk about Jason Williams' Cribs episode. So continue. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was like a big, like, really mannerly kind of estate. Like, he had like a – he was a basketball player that I don't remember being that good or being that popular, and – his house was like enormous and it he looked like a billionaire in his house it was insane it was huge he, and he was like shooting like he like skeet shooting he, he had like guns out when he was doing it it's like and then years later you find out somebody died on his watch you're like well that sounds shady he was kind of one of those guys that was he was just kind of like a a backbone player like he was just kind of gritty and tough he did all the things that you needed out of him so he got a pretty nice contract. He's just never a superstar, though. He's kind of like like Al Jefferson almost, where he was like a really good player, somebody you want to put on your team and start. But like, you know, like he's not he's not picking up the first girl at the bar either. Like one of the five Jason Williams to play in that era. Yeah, right. There was the white one that everybody liked, and then there was the murder one. And no, um, then, then there was the one that played at Duke and for the Bulls that goes yeah, by and Jay he Williams. It to, yeah, yeah. He got in that car accident too. So. Yeah, yeah, is pretty it, pretty good name for basketball. Speaking of uh, basketball names, do you see who like I I want to say it's next year's recruiting class who the number one prospect coming out of high school is? No, Dewan Wagner Jr. Oh, really? Dude? Yep. Dewan Wagner, check was them the kidneys. Shit. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Dewan Wagner, physical. I was all in, dude. I was like this kid, like they were like he dropped like eighty something. Did he dropped a hundred. In high school? Yeah. He scored a bunch in college, too, somewhere. Did he play college? I thought he went straight. I thought he went straight to the pros. Shit, I sound like an idiot. Um, Apparently, I do, too, all the time. My buddy Mitch is always fact-checking me. Uh, Minnesota does not play in a dome for baseball, and I'm an idiot. Like, (laughs) I've watched so many games in the Indians playing at Target Field. I've watched so many, and (laughs) just never put it together in my head. Maybe cognitive dissonance that I just believed because they had played in a dome before or that even the Vikings played in that dome that was falling apart that, you know, Minnesota plays in a dome. It makes a lot of sense that they would, but they don't. Huh. I'll clear that up for Mitch, who's, who's going to be listening to this. Well, he Happy birthday, Mitch. Oh, shit. Happy birthday, money, Mitch. My birthday's coming Wagner up too, did... baby. Shit, when is that? Tuesday. Oh, fuck. Yeah, 33. Oh, you baby. Yeah. Either way, Dewan Wagner, continue. <laughs> yeah, he did go to Memphis. That's it. Oh, you went to and Memphis. Okay. Yeah. For like a year. 
Okay. But when they, when they drafted him, I was like, this is it. This is the guy. Yeah. I was a sophomore in high school, I think. Like, I didn't know shit, but he wasn't. He was sweet, though. Like, he was fun to watch when he was here. Who was that one kid who was, like, super publicized as a high school press? Sebastian Telfair? Telfair. He played for the Cavs for a little bit. Yeah, I remember that. But he was. I think he killed somebody. I think he murdered somebody eventually. Good. Okay, nice. Or he had a bunch of gun and weapons charges. I don't know. He might not have killed somebody. Don't All these guys that get such hype and then do absolutely nothing in the pros. In different sports, too, like Noel Devine. Remember Noel Devine's hype? Oh, dude, West Virginia running back, dude? Yes. Sick on the video game. Sick on the video game. Yeah. Noel Devine, and like that, that's, that name is. As money, you 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 print money if you get Noel Divine fucking succeeding. Um, it's just catchy, and he had the look, he had the gold teeth, he had Dion Sanders was like somehow way too involved in his life in a weird way, and then just nothing like he's too too small and not anything in the pros at all. Did he even get? Any kind of run. I don't remember him at all in the NFL. I don't remember him at all in the NFL either. I remember him being like a Deion Lewis type, and Deion Lewis naturally has had his uh, his success, but Noel Devine, let's see. Okay. While you're looking at Robert Swift, do you remember Robert Swift? Like a seven-foot white dude that came out in the NBA? Like, no. He I, he was probably around like Darius Miles' age, like that that era. They they found him in a house like smoking meth and like just like hundreds of pizza boxes in his mansion everywhere, like no furniture. Jesus and, like, Christ! Copper stripped out of it, but he had owned his house and yeah, that that guy was a top twenty draft pick. Uh, Noel Devine was unsigned uh, by the uh, undrafted free agent by the Eagles. Was on the practice car for a little bit. Cut. 2011 Omaha Nighthawks, 2012-2013 Montreal Alouettes, 2014 Edmonton Eskimos, and then done with football. Damn. What a career, dude. What a career. Three months old when his father died in 1988 of complications from AIDS. 11 Fuck. years old when his mom died from AIDS. Damn. Maybe maybe we shouldn't shit on him. Like he had a rough go. The fact that he, he got a full-ride scholarship, I mean... He's what an athlete. Interviewed right. by yeah. ESPN the magazine under their next editions, which I remember those. Those were cool. I, I wish they still yeah. did those. I know they still do the body issue, which is always interesting to see. Uh, you get to see Maurice Jones Drew's giant thighs and side of buttock. <laughs> yeah, right. It's fun to see. It's not like a sexy thing. They, some people try and make it out that way, but it's just not. Um, let's see. So Devine was a nominee for the 2008 edition along with Brandon Roy. Joba Chamberlain, God, Joba Chamberlain, Tyson Gay, Patrick Willis, they nailed that one, and Novak Djokovic nailed that one. Crazy. Yeah, I mean Brandon Roy was good until I mean he was great actually until yeah. he got all yeah he had health issues so he was there but he was fucking exciting. Noel uh, Devine didn't come close, not at all. Yeah, I remember Robert Swift uh, fucking the pizza boxes all over his house and smoking meth and, like, stealing his own copper. I was just like, Jesus, he was a 12th overall pick by the Seattle Supersonics. Damn. Yeah. Um, Do you remember uh, Ray Williams, running Ray Williams from Benedictine? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He was supposed to go to where? West Virginia? West Virginia. 
He was supposed to go to a bunch of places, then he just kept fucking up. And he, yeah, he like, uh, he was out with this young kid, uh, one of his teammates, and he like gave him a fake gun and told him to stick up this dude. And the the dude had a real gun and shot the kid and killed him. And then Ray Williams was just done. Was that like your grade? Like, were you playing against him, or is that like a lot younger than you? We never had it. We never, Benedict was division three, but we only would have seen them if we went to the playoffs, and we never made the playoffs while I was there. Um, but, he was maybe two years older than me. Like my one of my good good friends was the quarterback of those Benedictine championship teams, Joe Laffey. I played in college with him. Nice. Who's the best player you played against? Against? Uh me it was Todd Beckman, which you know, people shit on him, but he went to a national championship game at Ohio State, which yeah. I thought was pretty good. There was I, a, another Lingenfelder kid, too, that played for the Redskins. I, I played against uh, Avon Lake. had uh, Andrew Means, who went to Indiana. I think he'd been playing baseball more than football there. And then Trey Strauss, who played at um, Iowa. And like actually was a receiver there. I think he did a little, spent a little time with the uh, um, the Texans. And then in college, I never, I, you know, didn't see the field in college, but we played against Jork Bell, who just tore us the hell up. Remember oh, the, the running, back. running back, yeah, yeah, fantasy dude, yeah, Jork Bell, Jork Bell killed it, and he he was I somebody bet. that was like supposed to go to the U and like just fucked up with his SAT scores and shit. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, he went you to Wayne State against... in Detroit. I figured being like up in Cleveland, you would have stumbled across somebody a little more. With a little more oomph behind him. Joyke Bell in college? I mean, yeah. You know. um, I mean, Jordan White ended up playing at Western Michigan. I think he did okay up there. But, like, I, I, I went to Rocky River. So we were Division three, and in the West Shore Conference, which had some talent. Like, we played against Avon Lake, who, you know, he never really made much of himself, but produced DeAndrea before I got there. Mike DeAndrea. Oh, I keep thinking. I was going to say, yeah, DeAndrea probably was probably the best player. But he was too old for. I I didn't actually play against him. Um, But like Trey Strauss and and Andrew Means, those were pretty pretty big prospects coming out of high school. Um, But yeah, then we switched conferences and like nobody was going D one. I mean, one of the better athletes that I that was in the conference was our running back, Mike Milano, the kid who. uh, he he walked onto the Michigan football team and like actually ended up getting offered a, a scholarship and got like nine carries. That's uh I mean he went on a he went on him. a wrestling scholarship first and then was like I don't like wrestling anymore and just walked onto the football team. That's I mean good for him. Five five white running back. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. Was he there with Sam McGuffey, dude? No, he Michigan's yeah. like reinventing the wheel up there, huh? He was class of two thousand five in high school, so I think oh. Sam McGuffey would have been a couple. He, he, uh, he like Lloyd Carr was a big advocate for him, and then they fired uh, Lloyd Carr and they went with uh, Rich, Rich Rod, Rodriguez, right? yeah. And re- he like Rich Rod hated him, so well Rich Rod was a fucking idiot. So I'm oh, sorry, he was to terrible. Your pal. Yeah. Oh, well, my pal man. also made a pretty big mistake, and the school did a bad job of handling everything. And I probably. Shouldn't talk about it after naming his name, but he he he, womp, womp, he got into a, a fight and and again he was a Michigan recruited wrestler and he uh, 
he handled business pretty well. Dude, you don't fuck with wrestlers. I learned that. No. You know, I never fought one, but it's just like these kids are insane. Like they just want to punch. They're not allowed to, but they'll get you down. They'll just start pummeling your face. You have to be at least 75% out of your mind to be a decent wrestler, let alone a Division One recruit in the Big Ten. And then on top of that, nothing, nothing about going to the ground and fighting on the ground with these wrestlers is natural to you. No, nothing comes naturally. You have to spend years and years training these very specific techniques. So if a wrestler gets you down, you're, you're fighting a shark in water. Sure. I No way. You're just done. No way. And it's he's from Ohio to boot. Like Ohio and like Western Pennsylvania is, this is the mecca of yeah. like high school wrestling right through here. Like nobody fucks with like Northeast Ohio, Western Pennsylvania. It's just, just Big Ten country. Don't all if over anybody's the world, wrestled, like, they're pretty good at it. My buddy was telling me, uh, uh, Trusnick played for the Browns. What was his name? Jason Trusnick from uh, Ohio Northern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My buddy was like, I wrestled Jason Trusnick in high school, and I beat his ass. And I was really? like, fuck, dude. He was in the NFL, and like, my buddy isn't anything to write home about. He's just a good, he's a badass wrestler, you know? Yeah. So, just, yeah, it's just a weird sport. But, like, that guy was in the NFL and got beat up by just, like, a regular run-of-the-mill. Dude, uh, the, fact that, the fact that the fact that sport is still around and not really questioned is, is crazy because... The, the weight manipulation and like the body manipulation that these kids have to do is is nuts. Like it's almost child abuse to have these kids wearing garbage bags and saunas. Like I had friends that would sit in their cars wearing garbage bags with the heat cranked all the way up, chewing gum and spitting all of their spit out to try and dehydrate themselves. Yeah, I mean that happens, but like it's not encouraged in most spots. In but it most is spots. common. I don't know how much it is anymore. I could probably ask around, but yeah, back when we were growing up, yeah, that was very common. I have friends that slept in fucking, uh, you know, garbage bags and sleeping bags and just like sweated it out. Just, just dehydrating themselves. That's all it is. It's just dehydration. It's like give them, give them five pounds. Like, what are we doing? Like, That's why a, are we still? Like, it's a sport that takes over your entire life. Like, when you go home. You have to, to, to not eat, or you have to eat calorie-free foods to try and trick your brain as to stay at a certain weight. That's nuts. I remember we had a football coach that came in. like We had just a rotating door of high school football coaches. We were garbage. Um, and they would just keep quitting, and the new one would get hired and then quit. And like my sophomore year, one of the coaches came in and like encouraged everybody to join the wrestling team. He had nothing to do with it, but he was like, you pussies need to toughen up, join the wrestling team. So everybody, like, I didn't, but a lot of people joined the, <laughs> the wrestling team, and they were like, fuck this, this is way too hard yes. and and uh, gay. So they were like, <laughs> no. They didn't want to shower. Like, that was the one sport that, like, you shower naked on the wrestling team. Like, football, they didn't make us shower naked. We could just get our cars and go home. But nobody wanted to shower naked. But wrestling. We never did it after naked. practice. But, like, we had to do conditioning in the mornings where we all had to do that before school. Sure, I get it. Like, But, like, guys would go in and, like, bring a pair of swim trunks because oh, you're in a shower with 20 dudes. You would get destroyed yeah. at my school if you did that. Now, as far as wrestling goes, there is a reason that you have to do it. <laughs> because sure. You, you, because also what comes with that sport is all sorts of infectious skin diseases. Sure, yeah. It's, it's uh, rampant. Gross. 
yeah. but yeah, I remember like you'd be like, I'm, oh. I know shower, multiple dude. people that have gotten herpes on on weird parts of their bodies, like forehead herpes, from from wrestling. <laughs> yeah, Marty has that joke about it. <laughs> yeah, Marty's got, it, but I I know other people that have gotten it that way. I think I think uh, I think we had kids getting herpes when I was coaching kid wrestling from the mats. Not which, a good look. Not a good look for the coach. No, well, I was the coach. <laughs> I know. That's not a good look. <laughs> Kids are going home going, I've got herpes. <laughs> yeah, right? But we what just, like, what did that coach cream. do to you? The other coach had cream for it. So he's, they were wrestling veterans. They knew what they were doing. I had no idea. Like, I knew like how to do I learned how to teach like four moves. And I was like, just go out and do these four moves and you'll win. And they were all power moves. And we just fucking dominated. It was unethical. <laughs> but we were just like we were like one of the moves we would teach it was the bear hug and it was legal and it was just devastating and you just get the small of their back and wrench it and drive your head into their chest and then kind of roll to the side as you take them down so you didn't like slam them slam them but like these like seven-year-old kids would not see it coming it was just not taught <laughs> it was just like squeeze and they'd get them and just, just fold them up like a chair dude it was so much fun I miss it so much. Real quick, uh, before we get, or I think we've kind of gotten carried away. What time do you got to be gone? Oh, uh, here in a few. We got time. Touch on the tribe. That would All be right. Nice. Yeah, well, I guess we can end on that. Um, somehow they're, they're treading water. and Two like, games out. Aaron Zavali. we were last week. Aaron Zavali's hurt now. Like, we, I think we were watching that game. Uh, like, that game was on as we were recording last week. And then Aaron Zavali goes out. And so now it's there's nobody. Um, and he's supposed to be out there thinking close to five to six weeks because of some sort of sprain in his middle finger. So now that like there are no starters that they went into this year with, you still can't bring up Tristan McKenzie because you're worried about his confidence because it, it could just get destroyed permanently from him walking this many guys and being afraid to attack batters. So somehow Cal Quantrill has had some, some solid outings, JC Mejia, solid outings. You almost got a solid outing out of Eli Morgan, um, we'll see what Hentges does today, but like it was a, a rough as hell series with Pittsburgh last weekend. The bullpen came undone, and then this week, um, you know they they they've got one win against Minnesota. The other one, they just gave up way too many runs. I think that the ERA that you see from our bullpen is going to be really skewed because they have a lot of guys that are eating innings that don't belong in there. But the, like the still like Nick Sandlin is almost lights out that dude is amazing so now you have four back-end relievers that are just untouchable so moving forward in this season once we do get guys healthy i think you know fifth inning on maybe sixth fifth or sixth inning on we might be like untouchable in a lot of games so i like this team is exciting dude bobby bradley's hitting ahmed rosario's hitting just got to get Fran mill back keep jose ramirez healthy and doing what he does we can contend. Cesar's having a weird, weird season, but he's got power for some reason. And then Eddie Rosario is getting back to hitting for for contact, but he's got no power. It has been very few things. Like Jose Ramirez is like the only thing that's like, okay, we predicted this. <laughs> Everything else is, is is a big surprise. Uh, does Tito have manager of the year locked up already? No, he should. But there's gonna be there's gonna be other candidates. There's there's other teams that are are really competing. Um, 
So I, I don't know. I, I, th- I absolutely think that he should. And I think that if, if they make it to the All-Star break this far over 500, if they do eight games or more over 500, I think he should be an absolute lock. Because this what is do we got? Nuts. Two weeks left? Two weeks? Three weeks? When do they take it? Something like it's that. It's right after 4th of July, right? It's right after 4th of July. It's a. It's not ju- right after 4th of July, but it is. Let's see. Okay. MLB. Okay. July 13th. So it's still a bit of time yeah. to go. A couple weeks to go. Sure. And we are sitting here um, just two games out of first place against... Guess the Chicago White Sox again. We've talked run differentials before. We're at plus three. The White Sox are at plus 80. And we're two games behind. We are currently um, at nine games over over 500, but we're playing the Twins right now. We got the Astros coming up. That could get ugly. Um, they are a very, very good team this year. So well, I, even even if the – I think what? You, you manage to stay above 500, you're going to be in this race. No. I think you got to be a 90, 90 to 92 win team because the AL East is always super competitive. And have, have you seen anything about that Wander Franco? No. He's like the, the by far number one superstar prospect that just got called up by the Rays, who are like the rich getting richer. And somehow the Rays are like everything the Indians wish that they were. They're, they're ultra competitive and super low payrolls. Um, but they just brought up Wander Franco whose dad and two brothers and like uncle are all also named Wander Franco. <laughs> no, it's really, like I was going to ju- ask you if it was Julio Franco relation. No, it, it's like a uh, George Foreman kind of thing where they just name everybody Wander. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> well, but hopefully he's Frankie Linder is still hitting 218. That's still going on. That's <laughs> only maybe I think four home runs on the year something something bad like it's it's weird this has been a strange MLB season I've been loving it though it's been good I went to my first baseball game live baseball game this year but it was the crushers right crushers dude yeah did I talk about that last week no me and you texted about that oh yeah dude eighty five thousand dollars that's their that's their payroll Jesus yeah but they're like they're below single a like they're they're not even affiliated yeah yeah they're the frontier league do they I have any sort could... of crazy food deals over there? No, the food. I mean, we had kind of like a, our buddy sang the national anthem. It was kind of like a, just run of the mill. Like it wasn't very good. Hot dogs food and wise. popcorn and shit. Yeah, yeah, nothing out to blow your mind. Um, they had some cool hats, like so, like the the logo's cool, but the stadium's pretty nice. I mean, for what it is, I'm gonna but come like, out there for a rubber ducks game, and then I want to go to a Lake, uh, Lake Erie captains game too. Have you been to a captain's game? I, I've been to the stadium. I went for Rover Fest a long, long time ago, but I never actually went to a game. I went there. I that, I met Francisco Lindor at that's cool. Uh, game, yeah, it was. Uh, t- my niece had got some kind of like straight A, like we're going to announce your name before the game, and we went, and it was take your dog night, and it trenchal downpoured, and uh, <laughs> I had about eight eight beers like I, I was young i was in my 20s dude and i was crushing them we had the dog my wife was driving and then it started downpouring and they took everybody into like the the shed that they had like the batting cages in uh-huh. if you had a dog and all the players went in there and this was like right when frankie was here for the first time 
And I was like, I was pumped. I was like, I'm going to go watch this new prospect. And I just went up to him, and I was like, you'll be a legend in Cleveland. We'll love you. And like, he barely spoke English. And I'm just hammered, just being like, welcome to Cleveland. Shook his hand. And just like, we'll, we'll love you. This city will love you. Just real, real serious. 2014, 2015? It was around, yeah. He was he was single A. I've watched him play at every level. Uh, I watched that, him play that's cool. double, triple, and single A. Just one game, single A. He, I don't even remember what he did. I just remember being real drunk, and he pet my dog, which was <laughs> now that dog. That dog's dead, and uh, so is he, as far as I'm concerned. So <laughs> that's a good I line to that, end on. Yeah, I think that does it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anything coming up for you? Uh, I'll be at hilarities this week with Dusty Slay. Just opening up. If you're in town, go and see him, dude. I went to two shows. I took, I went up Thursday, snuck in the back to watch Shane Gillis, and then my wife said, "Let's go on a date." And I said, "You want to go to Hilarities?" And she said, "Yes, I love Hilarities. It's one of the best clubs in the country." Love it. And uh, so we went up there. Um, I got nothing. I'm gonna make these announcements. I swear to God, I keep plugging. I got something big coming. Um, should be able to announce it very soon. So, um, can anyway. you tell me what it is? I don't even know what it is. Oh fuck! I'll, yeah, I'll tell you as soon as we get off here. All right, cool. So. All right, that's it. Go Browns.